Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, Small Biz Brain Trust, welcome to episode 148 Should I Buy EPLI? My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and this is the podcast that delivers employer intelligence two days each week, in a short 7-10 to 10 minute episode. My co-host Robert Attridge does the Thursday show, which means I do the Tuesday show. EPLI stands for Employment Practices Liability Insurance, and there is a free report on our website at smallbizbrainiac.com called 8 Steps to Lowering Your Employer Liability. And basically, it's all about uh, the process of buying EPLI insurance or the process of you know, completing the application to get a quote for EPLI insurance. By doing that, by preparing to answer those questions appropriately, you're putting yourself in a great position. So go get a copy of that report. Now, EPLI protects you and your company, your directors, officers, and current and former employees from claims and lawsuits that are filed by current employees or former employees, as well as employment candidates. Some policies even go as far as covering claims made by third parties like customers, clients, and vendors. And it's a good idea to have that. EPLI covers the cost of defending you against claims or lawsuits related to your employment practices. It'll also pay any judgment entered against you, at least up to the policy limit. And it's important to understand that the defense costs apply to that limit. So let's say the policy is a $500,000 policy and the legal costs are $200,000. That leaves $300,000 to pay settlements or judgments. EPLI covers you against employment discrimination claims, sexual harassment claims, wrongful termination claims, and violations of the Family Medical Leave Act and other mandatory leave law violations. And it usually does not cover you against wage and hour claims or violations of the National Labor Relations Act. So, for example, if you terminate someone after they complain about sexual harassment and they sue you for retaliatory discharge, your EPLI policy will pay the defense costs and any settlement or judgment amounts, again, up to the limit. On the other hand, let's say you misclassify an employee as salary exempt and you don't pay them overtime, your EPLI policy is not going to cover a claim for back pay. It also won't pay for bodily injury or property damage or intentional or dishonest acts because those are covered by other policies. And finally, not all policies are the same, so it's important to understand what you're getting. If an employee wants to sue you for discrimination on the basis of uh, race, color, religion, sex including pregnancy and gender identity and sexual orientation, if they want to sue you for discrimination for national origin, age, disability, genetic information, or retaliation, any of those, then they have to first file a complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. After the EEOC has investigated the complaint, then they'll most likely issue a notice of right to sue. After that, your employee has 90 days to file a lawsuit. Now, let's say your employee wants to file the lawsuit before the EEOC has completed their investigation. Well, they can ask for a notice of right to sue, 
And if more than 180 days has passed from the date that they filed the complaint, then the EEOC is required to give them notice. Now, if it's been less than 180 days, they won't issue the notice unless they're unable to finish the investigation within that time frame. An employee does not need a notice of right to sue if they're suing for age discrimination, but they still have to file a complaint with the EEOC and they have to wait 60 days before suing. If they want to file a claim under the Equal Pay Act, they don't have to file a complaint and instead they can just go straight to court. And they have two years to do that unless it was a willful violation, in which case they have three years to file a lawsuit. There were 91,503 discrimination charges processed by the EEOC in their fiscal year 2016, and they resolved 97,443 charges, and they collected over $482 million. Out of those cases, almost 46% of the charges included retaliation, and then after that, the most popular were race, disability, and sex discrimination. And the two charges with the least number of complaints making up a combined total of 1.3%, or Equal Pay Act and Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act violations. So, not quite sure what a discrimination claim looks like? Well, here's some examples from Great American Insurance Group. This first one deals with sexual harassment. A former employee for a landscaper in Massachusetts with 18 employees was discharged due to poor performance and later filed a complaint with the EEOC alleging sexual harassment by the owner. The EEOC dismissed the charge, finding no cause. The employee appealed the decision, and the EEOC upheld its earlier decision. $15,000 in defense costs were spent defending the matter. This next one is disability discrimination and retaliation. So a former employee at a restaurant in Missouri with 30 employees filed a complaint with the EEOC on the basis of disability discrimination and retaliation. The employee was demoted for excessive absenteeism and subsequently resigned. The employee claims she was absent due to a medical condition and not given reasonable accommodation. The employer claims that they were not notified of the medical condition. The matter settled for $6,000 with another $5,000 in defense costs. The next one is pregnancy discrimination. A former employee at a private school in Florida with 52 employees alleged pregnancy discrimination after she was terminated upon returning from maternity leave. When she returned to work, she was advised that she now needed a master's degree for her position. She did not hold a master's degree and was offered a demotion. So she filed a discrimination charge with the state agency. The matter then settled for $23,500 with another $10,000 in defense costs. And finally, a former employee at a retail store in Colorado with 400 employees was terminated following a fight that took place between two employees which resulted in the plaintiff suffering severe injuries. The plaintiff's spouse contacted the company to obtain details on medical benefits and the plaintiff was terminated a few days later. The company alleged the plaintiff was terminated following an investigation into his, his role in the fight, not due to the request for medical benefits. An EEOC charge was filed alleging discrimination and retaliation due to disability, request for medical leave, 
and requests for workers' compensation benefits. A suit was subsequently filed in district court alleging wrongful termination in violation of the American with Disabilities Act and the Family Medical Leave Act, as well as disability discrimination and retaliation. The plaintiff and the company arbitrated the claim, and the plaintiff was awarded $4 million. So, you can see from these examples that it doesn't matter if you're guilty or not, it's still going to cost you. Even if the EEOC doesn't issue a right to sue notice, you still incur legal expenses during their investigation. So, should I buy EPLI? Well, I certainly think so. It's affordable, and as you can see, one unfounded claim could cost you considerably more than the premium. Well, there you have it. If you have any employer-related questions, we're here to help, so just go to smallbizbrainiac.com, scroll down to Got Questions, and ask away. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.